Tigers on Cage. Shoots his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. of Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. My name is Jesse. He's Lance Dahl. How are you, buddy? You know, pretty good. It's going to be say, a big weekend. Can I just say, before yeah. we get into everything, uh-huh, uh-huh. I went back and I watched the, because uh, we have the WHL Live, so mm-hmm. I went back and I watched the replay of the Tigers and uh, Saskatoon Blades. Oh, yes, yeah. Place. from Saturday night at Co-op Place. You and Scott sound really good. This is the first Thanks. time that I got the opportunity to listen to you both and mm-hmm. watch the game. Mm-hmm. You guys gel very well together. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's so been, been a lot of fun hanging out with Scotty during the home games. And in, in your case, actually in both cases, it can't be easy just to be thrown in there. Right, you you gotta you gotta do a lot of prep for no. these games. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Like Scott does a, obviously a, a bit more than myself. He also has to go and get interviews and things like that for the game days, but. Um, the the first little bit, like to kind of pull the curtain back, when you work with somebody new for the first time, some of it's as we're getting emails, it's a crazy day. Um, <laughs> some of it is like, you know, trying to figure out how uh, the other person talks. Like when you and I started our show on Chat ninety four five, we had a familiar base with one another because we had worked with each other prior to. Yeah. But with Scott and I, it was the first time we ever jumped on together. So just kind of figuring out how we flow together and whatnot. Every game gets uh, a little bit better because of it. So Sounds very good. And uh, I know you guys are going to be back at it Saturday night when they take on the Moose Jaw Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode, we're going to kind of dive into the weekend that was. Wasn't the greatest for the Medicine Hat Tigers, but I mean, I don't think they played poorly. They no. just got one point to show for it. Yeah, which is the unfortunate part because as much, it's it's a development league for the players, but at the same time, it's a league where you expect to win and you want points. And I left the weekend a little, a little upset with, with the results because I felt like after watching both games, there was really an opportunity to pick up a lot of points and that they played well enough to deserve it. But special teams crushed them on Saturday. And then when when I kind of looked back at that element of the game Saturday night, I was like, you know, they actually did a lot of things well five on five. Their, their special teams aren't going to be that one-sided most nights, right, where they get no power play goals and give up four like they did to the Blades on Saturday. That's not going to happen very often. So no. to to go and, and win the five on five battle 2 nothing like they did, play better in their own end as a five-man unit, there was a lot to like, actually. So uh, even though it was one point, it seemed like it was a step in the right direction. Going to talk to Scotty Roblin. He's got the latest on Cole Sillinger. Mind you, we recorded it before... Sillinger had that two goals, one assist game against uh, Colorado. Mm, right. So I think that just fuels more speculation. That I, I honestly don't think he's leaving. I think he no. stays. I th- honestly, I think they're just going to burn the first year. More than likely. But we'll talk about that. And uh, very cool to have Mr. Corson Hopwo from the Medicine Hat Tigers mm-hmm. joining the podcast. Yeah, Corson, another one of the overages for the Tigers, like Lucas Fakovsky a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we're making the rounds on the 20s. I guess Dan Baker better keep his head up because we'll put, be coming after him next. But uh, yeah, so we'll get the chance to talk to Corson, see how the year's going for him. Obviously, goals in four of his last five, I believe. And after he got the, the monkey off his back going goalless for the first five or six games of the season. So uh, chat with him about that and, and maybe just get to know him a little bit better. Also, you are going to be very surprised what his pregame meal is before every home game. Really? It's coming up. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. 
When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning. Advising. Getting our boots dirty. Helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do. Because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision. Grown with care. And grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to the podcast, Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. Uh, very lucky to have a Tiger joining us this week on the podcast. Number 16 in your playbook. Mm. Nine points on the year already as of this recording. Corson Hoppo joining the podcast. How you doing, buddy? I'm well, thanks, guys. How are you? Good, good. We can't afford a studio audience yeah, so yet, we, so we just have we to clap provide, for, yeah, for the guests. <laughs> no, that's totally okay. Yeah, the budget's pretty small. Now, you you have been with the Tigers for quite some time, and I talk about it all the time, how every year you kind of progress and you become better and better and better. In the off season. do you look at how your season went and do you try and change anything at all? Yeah, for sure. You definitely go over over the past season and, and see what uh, what went right and what ran, went uh, uh, wrong. But um, throughout the seasons, I just kind of look over over it and, and see what I need to work on. And, and then I go over the, the summer and, and definitely focus on the things that I look forward to and, and try to get better at. So, Corson, how were you able to kind of identify different areas to work on after last season? Obviously, only... 24-ish games in the schedule and a lot different feeling and looking. So, so how do you kind of find those things to identify and, and, and still pick out something that you can work on? You know, it's, it's sometimes uh, talking with other, other uh, people just from either if it's Willie's perspective or uh, sometimes my dad, he likes to chime in a lot. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of just uh, bouncing ideas off of one another from – some people that are in the hockey world and 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 kind of looking at my game uh, for myself as well. I think um, if I look at it, I, I know what I need to work on. Um, for example, I, I always always need to work on my speed and quickness. So I think, yeah, just just bouncing ideas off one another and then uh, um, looking at it myself is is always what what I uh, like to do. Now let's go back to that 2019-2020 season. Everything was still normal. We we kind of heard of COVID. We didn't think it was going to shut down. We did find out we were going to shut down for a little bit. We thought it was going to come back. That Tigers team that you had in the dressing room, you guys must have thought this was a contender. I honestly thought this was a team mm-hmm. that was going to go all the way in the dub and possibly go to the Memorial Cup. That must have been just crushing when we found out we weren't going to finish that season. Definitely. I think for us, we were... I think on a six or five game win streak going into the break or going into like the, the halt there. Um, and once we got heard the news, we were kind of, okay, like this, this won't be long. It'll be one or two weeks and we'll be back and, and playing and, and, and getting into playoffs. And, and I think as a group, we were all excited for just playoffs and, and, and we were, we all knew that we were playing well. So I think 
yeah, it, it, it was very disappointing kind of to not finish that season. Um, it is what it is, and I think uh, you can't really do anything about it. And, and I think COVID was bigger than hockey at that point. So I think, yeah, like I said, there's nothing we can do about it now. You're 100% right, Corson. But, I mean, you're, you're now on to bigger and better things at the uh, top of this leadership group with this year's Tigers team. And you're 11 goals away from 50 and, and 11 points away from 100 within the Western Hockey League. I don't know if you know that or not. I'm thinking that it's in the back of your mind, but you don't pay too much attention to it. But I love your story, Corson, and we've talked about this before, you and I, just, you know, a a guy who gets drafted in the seventh round of the Bantam draft and grinds his way through and and makes uh, the Tigers and makes an impression and builds his way into an impact role with this Tigers club year in and year out. Uh, How important to you, uh, will it feel, do you think, to get to those milestones of 50 and 100? It'll probably feel pretty good. Um, I haven't really thought about that whatsoever, like you said. I didn't but, think uh, you would. <laughs> no, um, I, I didn't even know I was that close. But uh, oh, Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I have lots to thank. Um, I think Jimmy Hamblin is, is a huge part of my career. Um, I, I had the opportunity to play with him. Um, I, halfway through uh, my 17-year-old season and kind of stuck with him until – his last year a couple of years ago and uh he he was such such a big uh component in my career and i have uh yeah so much to thank to him and then uh brett camp as well he he was a great line mate for me as well and and helped me a lot last year um just with confidence and everything so i think those two guys have been been huge um and not just them but i think just the teammates that I've had throughout the throughout my career has been have been huge for me. Did you also get that fire and that aggressiveness from Jimmy Hamlin as well? <laughs> you're you're one of the nicest guys, like off the ice, always one of the first ones ready to go. And then when you're playing, the aggression that comes out of you, like, do you just sit there and go, you know what? Today I'm gonna fight. <laughs> Today I'm gonna go out there and I'm just gonna I'm gonna fight someone. I think. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I just I think that's just how I, how I like to play. Um, it, it's a big part of my game. I, I like to be intense and. And uh, and I like I like I think that just gets me into games and, and keeps me in it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure where that comes from. Maybe my dad has a bit a bit of that, but uh, no, I think yeah, just it helps me with my game. Growing up, Corson, uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked to Lucas Vikovsky. Of course, you and he grew up together uh, playing hockey not that far from one another, and then playing together throughout minor hockey. How cool has it been for you? to have that experience of now playing your 20-year with Lucas? It's kind of come full circle uh, for us, too. Um, as, as you guys know, we've probably talked about it a couple times, but uh, we've, we've grown up with each other. We've played for each, or with each other for, I don't know, probably 10, 13 years now. So I think definitely the chemistry is there and, and uh, the love for one another is there. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's really cool to, to be a 20-year-old with, with each other on, on the same team. And it, and like I said, it just it comes full circle, and it's uh, really cool. Of course, and you can tell that the chemistry is there on the ice. It might have been uh, a little bit of a slower start for you to the season than how you wanted, but the production starting to pick up a little bit. But you even notice in the play style between you and Lucas that it just balances so well on that top line with Noah Danielson. Uh, it, it seems like you guys have been super dynamic ever since Lucas came back, don't you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um if you ask us both, I, I, I still think we have uh, more to give. Um, I think we, we still haven't shown our best together. But, uh, no, I think, I think it's definitely we, uh, we've uh, felt 
felt pretty good so far, and and uh, I just want to uh, want to keep it going. Now, take me through that first goal that you got this season because uh, I was watching you on the ice, and you could sense like a a, a relief, like yeah. your your shoulders went down. You took a deep breath after you got that goal. Was it like taking the monkey off your back? Because ever since then, I mean, now the points are starting to come. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I think in the back of my head, I, I really wanted that first goal. Um, I know I I always strive not to think about points or not to think about uh, getting goals or anything like that. But um, for some reason, that uh, six games for me is is I, I wanted that goal, and it, it definitely felt uh, way better for me to after that after the fact that I and when I scored. So I think um, yeah, I just kind of I remember kind of taking a breath there and, and finally saying, okay, like now I can just forget about and, and, and just start playing how I, I want to play. So, yeah. And it was, uh, it was great at, on the post game show with Scott. We talked to, to Lucas that night and he was like, as soon as I passed hops to pocket, I knew it was in yeah. and, and you could tell like you were buzzing, you were starting to feel it a little bit. So uh, glad that you got that first one. Now, like Jesse was saying, you've been on a bit of that role, but it seems like the team, uh, Corson is having these these highs and lows, which you might expect early in the season, as well as just the the average age and a lot of oh three oh four players on the Tigers this season. Uh, what do you think maybe is, is one element that might be missing on a night to night basis? Um, I think it's just we, we we have to play a full sixty minutes. I mean, our starts haven't been uh, the best. I, I think our third period is is one of the best. Uh, we're one of the best third-period teams in, in the league, so I think if we just get our starts starts ready and, and start on time, I think if, if we play a full six, yeah, we will be good and, and, and be a contender, I think. Well, you and I, Jesse, we always talk about, man, if the Tigers have five more minutes. Five more if, minutes. <laughs> we, we've seen a couple games already where if there was five more minutes in that third period, you guys were taking that that game or tying that game up. If you can even sense that at co-op place. Yeah. When we're getting down to the third period, the crowd really starts to get into it because they know this is a third-period team. I think you're absolutely right. You guys are probably the best third-period team in the dub right now. Yeah, for sure. And and that's awesome. Like I, I love how we know that we, we want to be a third-period team, but with than saying that we we can't be um we we have to have uh more starts and better starts and, and we can't just rely on hoping and hoping that we get a couple goals at the end to make it a, a exciting finish so i think like i said we just got to focus on our starts and and uh put teams in the dust right away let me ask you this because you have been a part of the tigers organization for quite some time you've seen two uh coaches now what has it been like for you to not only don the medicine hat tigers jersey but also be under the the coaching staff of willie desjardins i'm just very thankful i mean uh, uh willie's a great coach uh being part of the tigers organization is is truly amazing I, we are we're such a great organization i think it's awesome to play um great place to play have we have fun i mean we're, we're always such a good group and, and solid group so i think I'm, I'm very thankful for my past years and, and i'm looking forward to hopefully winning the championship here Corson, we got a couple more minutes left with you uh, appreciate you jumping on by the way again but uh let's try and get to to know you a little bit uh, a couple years ago you and i did Behind the Stripes, which is the TV segments that, that we put together, and you and I went down and we're, we're doing some golfing. Uh, has your golf game improved, worsened? Uh, have you been getting out much lately? Like, What's the deal there? Uh, 
I would hope it has improved. I, uh, my showing in that wasn't uh, the best. Uh, <laughs> Man, mine wasn't either. Mine sucked. <laughs> best whatsoever. So I think I think it's improved. Um, I worked at a golf course last year, so I didn't get out as much as I wanted to because I I, I was just working and I and all my off days I didn't really want to go back to the golf course. So I think <laughs> I uh, didn't get out as much as la- or as I wanted to, but. No, I've uh, I'm definitely still into the game of golf. What is uh, your go-to movie whenever you have some downtime? What's the one movie you want to watch? Oh, um, that's a good one. I think uh, any Marvel movie is is great. I'm I'm really into the Marvel uh, universe. Um, I watch pretty much all of them in in order and, and know pretty much uh, a lot of a lot of things about the Marvel universe. Um, either that or probably. Harry Potter's or something like that. You can right. tell that's an important question to him. Like he, well, yeah, he, he didn't wants want... to get that. Listen, <laughs> my wife and I, we, I, she wants to get into the universe as well. So we're watching it not the way that it was released, but the way that you should be watching it. And I'm with you. Yeah. Those movies are incredible. They're some are a little oh, long, it, but they're very it, good. I find it so fascinating how they all interconnect and yeah, uh, it's, it's it's very cool. Corson, you're making dinner for like I don't know ten of your biggest celebrities that that you can think of. What is on the menu at Corson Hopwell's house? Are you asking what I can cook? What or? you would cook, yeah. <laughs> preferably not like, you know, skip the dishes. But, like, if that's your answer, I, I respect it. I can try a steak. I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can provide that. Yeah. Hey, good for I'm you. Not, There's I'm a lot not, of pressure in cooking a steak yeah, there for is. people. There is. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's not my favorite uh, meal. I mean, if, it, if it's talking about my favorite meal, it'd be sushi and uh throw some lettuce wraps in there, but um, I don't know if I can make those two. So. Well, the sushi is also just not the same in, in Alberta as it is in BC. Oh, yeah, for sure. I totally agree. It's just not the same. So is that the pregame meal? Like, do you have a pregame ritual? Like Saturday night when uh, when, when you're playing the Moose Jaw Warriors at Co-op Place, what's going to be the, the routine? Do you try and do and eat the exact same thing before every game? Every game I've played in Medicine Hat Tiger uniform, I've had spaghetti. Oh, I mean, every game at home, I would say. Because we wow. don't really get to choose what we have on the road. Wow, spaghetti! Interesting choice. Yeah, that is yeah. that is interesting. Uh, one of the hard hitting questions that you're going to get today: Who's got the ox cord in the room? It's either myself or Lucas. Um, we're the most uh, useful on the on the ox cord. I think uh, Parsons. <laughs> if you ask him, he would like to say he he has the best music, but um, <laughs> everyone else uh, doesn't doesn't agree. So I think. It's me or, or Luke that uh, play music. All right, follow up on that because it is a big responsibility when you're playing to a crowd and you got to know like the, the the vibe and the right time for the right song. Like, what do do you have a go to playlist that you built out, or is it just whatever you're feeling that day? It's whatever I'm feeling that day. I think mostly I like kind of alternative, uh, kind of uh, folk, soft rock. I don't know what the genre is, but uh, that kind of music and and I usually play that in the mornings, kind of it's more mellow. And then throughout the day, I kind of change it to more of like a, an upbeat, more um, pop EDM kind of stuff um, just to get the guys more excited and, and, and that. But I have I have playlists for both. So When Jesse and I come in to the security entrance to go out plays for games, it is a vibe oh, down yeah. at the Tigers room <laughs> before yeah. the game. It's like a Vegas pool party. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, 
Ryan Chazowski had a big factor in that. I think he liked he liked a lot of EDM stuff, and and I do too. So I think I stole a lot of his music, and and I like to play it before games. Um, and I think guys like it as well. Uh, sometimes I switch it up and 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 play some hard rock like '70s rock, but uh, no, it's it's usually. EDM or, or stuff before games. Yeah, when the EDM's pumping outside the room, like we walk in and I'm almost just ready to hand over 50 bucks to the security like I got to pay my way. Yeah, let's go. Let's get into their party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Hoppo, man, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. You truly have become a fan favorite for 100%. the Medicine Hat Tigers. It has been uh, it's always fun watching you play, and this is a team where once everything starts gelling, I truly believe it's going to make some noise mm-hmm. in the WHL. Thanks, guys, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is water pressure without it dirt bugs birds business and everything else stays on thankfully south country co-op extreme car wash has the water pressure state-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from south country co-op four locations maple avenue northlands crescent heights and strachan road this is your best wash extreme touchless car wash from south country co-op you're at home here water pressure the talk of Tiger Town. Great moments are born in great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. Appreciate them. We couldn't do it without them. Tigers, well, not the weekend they they wanted. They did get one point out of it, but uh, as always, we have Scott Roblin, the interim play-by-play. Scott, what did you think of the Tigers weekend? I think the Tigers played better than the results showed. Um, you take a look at the game in Moose Jaw on Friday nights, and they were right with the Warriors for the whole game, and uh, tied up the game with 90 seconds yeah. left to force overtime, and then uh, a controversial uh, too many men on the ice penalty with 33 seconds left in OT, and then uh, with 8 seconds left, Braden Yeager scores the, the cross-ice one-timer to, to win it for Moose Jaw, and that's one of the angrier moments I've seen from Willie Desjardins in my time with the Tigers. Uh, he was just giving it to the refs, and um, I, I know the team uh, wasn't happy with the, the way that game ended, and um, when they faced the Saskatoon Blades on Saturday, again, a bit of a weird one. I think five on five, they played relatively well mm-hmm. against Saskatoon and were able to get a lot of shots. I mean, it was one of the higher volume shot performances that we've seen from the Tigers so far this year, but just struggled on the penalty kill and all four of Saskatoon's goals coming on the the man advantage. And uh, I don't care what team you are in the Western Hockey League. If you allow another team to go four for six on the power play, you're Probably not winning that game. Yeah. So anytime I've talked with Willie, um, either on the weekend or heading into uh, this week, he and the players have said they they were pretty happy with how they played overall. There's still a lot of work to be done, but um, I think that the results weren't there for the Tigers, but I think the effort and the shot counts and a lot of things they've been trying to grow over the last couple of weeks were. So there's definitely things to build on and things 
positive coming out of the weekend. But um, even talking with Willie, he said it's it's tough to balance development and growth of players with results. And yeah. he said that this is a results-based league. And, you know, one point out of uh, their last three games isn't going to cut it. No, and I left the weekend. Sunday, I was still kind of almost annoyed to an extent, just considering how we know their special teams can play. And then by Monday, I, I was feeling like, you know what, actually, it wasn't that bad of a weekend. When Obviously, the results weren't there, like you mentioned, but, but they cleaned up five-on-five five plays so much more during that stretch of games over the weekend that it gave a lot of encouragement because you know that their special teams are better than the four for six they gave up, and they're going to score more power play goals than not getting any against Saskatoon, for example, on Saturday night. So considering that their special teams appear to be in the top half of the league, both power play and penalty kill, cleaning up their five-on-five was actually a really big deal. Yeah, I think it was a big thing for this team because, you know, again, while the wins didn't come, I think consistency at five-on-five is going to be a big thing for this team moving forward because you have seen how dynamic their power play can be. We saw that last week with games against, um, you know, the Prince Albert Raiders and even going a few days before that against the Swift Current Broncos. And they're... Penalty kill has been overall pretty solid. Going into the weekend, they were ranked uh, top five in the league on the penalty kill. Now, they didn't have the performance they were expecting on the penalty kill, especially Saturday night, but you even see them scoring a shorthanded goal in Moose Jaw with Corson Hoppo getting sprung on a breakaway. Their special teams overall, I think, is going to be fine. Yeah, I, I think this is just going to be a blip in this one game against Saskatoon. Now, it's not something that you can just disregard entirely because that was a rough performance on mm-hmm. special teams and you have to learn from it. But I, I do agree that I think the Tigers deserved a better fate when it when you take a look at their last three games, um, a loss in Edmonton, losing by one goal. Now they did have to mount a third-period comeback in that game, but only lost by one. They lose an overtime game against the Moose Jaw Warriors and then lose 4-2 to Saskatoon in a game where they played not bad at 5-on-5. Five five. And they only got one point out of all three of those games. So it it is going to be, I think, big for this team moving into this weekend to at least get the split. I'm sure they're they're hoping for the full four points. But uh, there's definitely things to build on for Mm -hmm. sure. Here's the thing I want to ask you with that. Because what are we, six episodes into this? And we keep talking about, hey, if they're going to struggle, let it be early. Let Mm -hmm. it be early. Let it be early. At what point is this weekend a must win for the Tigers? Do they need to go in there and have to win both? Because... I mean, you keep this up, eventually you're going to run out of time. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is you're playing in a central division that's so wide open right now that if a team goes on a run, that could set them up well in terms of later in the year. I don't necessarily think it's a must-win, especially considering you know we're entering game, I think, game 12 of the season. It's still early. It's still yeah. early, but this is the time where, um, you know, and even Willie was saying, you have to get wins at this level. You have to get results. And even the young guys on the team who are still developing – they're junior hockey players. They want to win, and yeah. they 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 measure themselves by the win and loss record and where they're at in the standings. It, it is a big thing about development with this team and trying to get the younger guys better, but in that same vein, it does have to come with success on the ice and getting victories. And for the Tigers, they haven't gotten a ton of victories this year um, in regulation, and I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing going into this weekend that they, they have to get one of these wins in regulation I think they lead the league in games that have gone to overtime or a shootout which does point to how well they've been able to come back in games and force overtime but I think this team needs to learn a bit more on how to win in a full 60 minutes and not have to rely on overtime those type of things yeah 100 percent and talking with Corson Hopwell as well on uh, on this episode and just kind of 
picking his brain and hearing the word consistency happen so often in his conversation and talking about how the first needs to be better. And yeah, being a third period team is great, but I mean, you, you want to not put yourself in those spots. But but you kind of hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of 03s and 04 born players on this team that are learning things for the first time in a proper WHL regular season. And considering the roles they're playing, specifically on the penalty kill, you're seeing a lot of the younger guys pick up big roles on the penalty kill. I, I mean, you would think that by the second quarter maybe of the season that they're more dialed and locked in. Well, anytime I've asked the players about the roles they've had early in the year and if they're starting to settle into them, most of the players say, yeah, we feel a lot more comfortable with where we're at. Mm -hmm. Now, there's still a lot of juggling when it when it comes to the Tigers' lines and, and who they're putting with who. Um, you know, I, I thought, and Lance, I, I'm sure you uh, agree, was uh, the energy line on Saturday night was probably the highlight for the Tigers. Mm -hmm. And in Braden Bame and Oasis Wiseblatt and Stephen Arp, and was talking with uh, Stephen the other day, and he said just he's been able to find chemistry with Braden Bame. He uh, assisted on Stephen's first ever WHL goal um, a couple weeks back against the Prince Albert Raiders. And, uh, but when I've talked with, with Willie, he has said that they're not entirely happy with, with their lines. They like their top line of, of Danielson and Hoppo and Svikovsky, um, and they like their third line as well with McKenzie and, and Strom and um, you know maybe throwing uh, Oasis Wiseblatt or Ashton Furster or whoever onto, yeah. onto the wing on that line. But I think the rest of the lines... Willie Desjardins has said he's going to start rotating still. So even though I think the, the chemistry has been there, especially between Bame and Arp, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be something that is going to be evolving over the next couple of weeks, I think, before we get you know maybe a concrete lineup that you can expect, oh, this is the second line going in every night. This is the fourth line. Yeah. Um, I think there's still going to be a lot of juggling since the Tigers are still so young up front. Was anyone else a little surprised in the uh, the goalie matchups over the weekend? I did not have Beckett going up against Saskatoon. I kind of had it reversed. Oh, see, Scott and I weren't all that surprised. No, no, because we, we had Beckett? talked about it a little bit, and like I don't want to speak for you, mm. Scott, but I, I know like, we kind of figured Garen didn't have his best outing in Saskatoon uh, when they traveled there earlier in the season. It seemed like it was a good opportunity to kind of flip things around. You get Lankow to start at home. And I mean, by all accounts, they both played, both played well enough well. to win. But mm -hmm. yeah, for Beckett, you know, he's basically forcing the coaching staff's hand and giving him some more starts. Yeah, like that was really the first game I've seen this year where there's been uh, a couple of goals where it's like, yeah, yeah, Beckett probably could have had one or two of those. Now again, all four came on the power play, so it's tough to Hard. to blame the goaltender on most yep. of those. But um, that being said, you know, I think facing a team like Saskatoon, Beckett has earned a chance like that. Um, not saying Garen Bjorklund hasn't, and Garen has been the guy who has really led this team. And um, I know talking with the coaching staff and, um, you know, it, it is tough for Garen just because his record is not where he wants it to be, but he has stepped up in big games, has made huge saves, and yeah. um, it's just been more so defensive breakdowns that have, have cost the Tigers. So, but I think in specifically to Beckett Langkow, he's just been so solid and so calm that, for any other goaltender, 17-year-old in the league, you would say, yeah, we're not throwing him up against a team that just uh, today got named into the CHL top 10 rankings. Yeah. But I think for the way he plays the game and approaches it and being so calm and so poised, and 
anytime I've talked with Beckett, he has said, I, I want to get more starts in this league. He yep. wants to get more opportunity to play. And that was, I think, a big vote of confidence from the coaching staff that he could play a game like that. Now, he didn't get necessarily the performance he wanted, but I don't think that's going to dissuade the coaching staff no. from putting him in situations like that. That's hard on the power play. That And Bjorklund had some phenomenal saves in Moose Jaw, mm-hmm. one of which I don't know if the WHL still does their top 25 plays of the month, but I know there was one in the second or third Definitely going to be in the yeah. top five. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. That dude played stuff. great. Yeah, and especially when you're facing a, a forward group that's actually quite talented from the Moose Jaw Warriors that I think is one of the more underrated uh, forward groups in the entire WHL. Um, he made just some phenomenal saves, and I think it is not the start to the season Garen was wanting in terms of results, but I think this goes back to the Tigers as a whole that what they're doing on the ice and the processes they're following – I think are going to lead to better results for this team. It's just early in the year, a lot of bounces haven't gone their way, and I think that extends to Garen Bjorklund as well. You look at his numbers, and it's not where he was at last year in terms of save percentage or or goals against or anything like that, but he is facing a higher volume of shots compared to last year, and he still has a very young defensive core in front of him. So um, I, I think Garen Bjorklund is one guy who is – you know, in line for a 32 safe shutout one night to yeah. kind of get get back on track a yeah. bit in terms of performance. But you know, I think the Tigers are still very confident in both goalies. Yeah, it feels like they're close. Yeah. I mean, you, you and I have felt that in co-op plays for the last couple of games. Now that they're close, and you can see the connection starting to be built, but I uh, just haven't seen the full extent of the results yet. Uh, before we let you go, Cole Sillinger update. Go. Because <laughs> there's there's a lot happening. So yeah, go on. this is a big week just because Cole Sillinger. Um, you know, as we record this Wednesday, it is uh, expected to play in his ninth NHL game with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, the way the NHL contracts work is if you play your 10th game, then your first year of your contract automatically kicks in. If you only play nine games or under and get sent down, you can slide that contract first year to the following season. So this is going to be a big week for the Columbus Blue Jackets if they decide to keep up Cole Sillinger for the rest of the year. Um, they They will have to make that decision before Saturday. And uh, that is scheduled his 10th game if he does play that. Now, again, the biggest thing is if they do decide to send him down, he can either come to the Tigers or he can play in the American Hockey League this year because of the loophole that uh, we've talked about before. So um, Stupid loophole. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. And you know what? Quite honestly, he hasn't looked out of place at all. No. And I wouldn't be surprised if Columbus There's, says, find a, find a place here. I yeah. don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I do not see a scenario where he comes back. The thing I want to ask you, though, going to this 10 games, if he plays the 9 in the NHL, mm-hmm. they drop him to the AHL, and then they call him up, does that still count, or does it have to be the first 10 games? No, it would still count. So it it's, it's te- your first yeah, 10 you games. 10, 10 regardless. Uh, regardless yeah. of call-ups or anything like that. Because I'm thinking they put him in the AHL, right? Let him let him get some numbers, get him some time there, and then when someone gets injured, just makes perfect sense to just call him back up. Well, the one thing I look at is, especially for an 18-year-old kid in the league, in the NHL, one of the biggest things is, okay, you're not going to play every game, right? No, mm-hmm. he's play- He's missed one game, <laughs> he's and he's night. been a he's been a third liner. He's he's not playing fourth line minutes. He's playing top nine, mm-hmm. and he's been in the lineup pretty much every single night. So that leads me to believe that he is he's got a very good chance at sticking with the Blue Jackets. Yeah, and uh, and even if he plays. Um, his 10th game. He could still get sent down to the American League. It probably wouldn't happen for the Tigers, but they could still say if he's on a bit of a slide like Cole Caulfield is right now with the Montreal Canadiens, you could say, okay, we're going to put you in the American Hockey League for a week or two and, and get your up. game back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of me just uh, just really hopes that Columbus says this year ain't worth it. 
yeah. uh, selfishly yeah. and that uh, they, they say, you know what, no point in burning the first year of your deal because we, we see how important term is, especially now when you start getting into how long in the NHL the cap may stay flat or marginally increase over the next three, five, ten years. Uh, maybe they look at it and say that there's a reason to not try and risk temptation with stretching out the contract and just keep him for, for as long as term as possible. So I hope that he comes back for that reason. Well, and that's the biggest but. thing with the the American Hockey League loophole is if they made that decision saying, hey, we don't want to burn this first year and he needs a bit more development, for any other Canadian Hockey League junior mm-hmm. player, the only choice would be sending them back to their junior team. But because of this loophole, they can send them to the American Hockey League and keep them in the development system. I just hope they the don't house. do that because then, like, I-, I want them to say we want to avoid the temptation of easily recalling him from the mm-hmm. AHL. I want Yarmo Kekalainen and the crew there to look at it and be like, you know what, let's just send him back to Major Junior, and that way we don't have to make the decision. Well, the thing is, if you send him back to the Tigers, I mean, he would be the captain of the Tigers. That just makes sense, right? And and he's going to get that time where when the Tigers have five minutes left in the third, they want that guy to go score him a goal. That would be Sillinger. That experience would help him in the NHL. He's not going to get that in the AHL. He's not going to get it in the NHL. He might I, get that I in think the he a. might get it in the <laughs> AHL. You think that think when the he, game's on the line, they're going to put Cole Sillinger yes, out? Yeah. Yes, the I, a, I think Because, because yeah. he, uh, if he gets sent down to uh, Cleveland, I think he is their top-line center. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then there's no point sending him to the Tigers. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just being optimistic. That's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if, if, to send him to the Tigers, like the, the whole team would be – Cylinder, like he would put that on his back. Yeah, he would get to be the captain the team, yes. for a, a year, which I think going into next year would benefit him in the A or the NHL. It's hard I to say. Know. I just I, it, that's a very selfish thought that I want him to come back. But well, like, as a Tiger fan, I want him to come yeah. back. As a fantasy hockey guy, I have him, so I would like him to maybe yeah, stay in the NHL. Stay in the NHL and put up more points because <laughs> he's been doing great. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just one of those things. Depending who you talk to. A lot of Tiger fans bummed out that there's a potential he's not coming back. Yeah, I think if he plays this 10th game, then that's he's sticking in the NHL yeah. this year. And uh, I've seen some interviews where he was in uh, the head coach Brad Larson's office, and he during it was during training camp, and he kept saying, we keep trying to get rid of you, and you, you're forcing us to keep you on the team mm-hmm. just for the way he's playing. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing with Cole Sillinger was, is his foot speed going to be able to keep up at the NHL level? And I think it has so mm-hmm. far. To so, an extent, yeah. And yep. Columbus is so thin down the middle. They are. Yeah. It might just force their hand saying, we don't have any other options, yeah. and this kid yep. is performing well. Well, he's going to be, I think he's their future, mm-hmm. right? So, well, mm. uh, as always, we could talk to you for 20 more minutes, but uh, as always, if you want to listen to Scott, big weekend for the Medicine Hat Tigers in Swift Current on Friday, then they got the Warriors at Co-op Place on Saturday. You can catch both games on Chat 94.5. More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. 
proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Fast and fearless, baby. Here we go. Powered by South Country Co-op. Fun little episode here on Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. Really cool. I, I really enjoy talking to Scott Roblin. That man knows a ton about not only the Tigers, but I mean the WHL in general. Yeah, he's uh, a bit of a hockey nerd in the best way possible, yeah. so uh, it, it adds a bit of an element. And uh, spoiler alert, uh, well, the Cole Cylinder we'd set off the front might be a little a little off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is. Yeah. Well, we figured it would be. Cole's not coming back. No. It's official. It is official? Like, it's- as we are recording this outro right now on Twitter... Yeah, he's not coming back. Yeah, it's that, that. That's all basically, basically it. Um, Brian Hedger tweeted out for those who maybe don't know. Brian Hedger is uh, the beat writer for Dispatch Alerts for the Blue Jackets. Uh, tweeted out that it's official. Cole Sellinger staying with the Blue Jackets to play out his first entry level contract wow. year. He was told before the game back on what it would have been Wednesday or Thursday, sometime earlier this week before the game, he was told that he was going to be staying with the Blue Jackets. And then uh, Scotty kind of retweeting and echoing that sentiment himself at Chat TV. Roblin, don't expect to see Cole Sellinger back in uh. black and orange this year. Looks like the former Tiger hockey star staying with the NHL. So, so now I wonder. Well, I mean, it really wouldn't have anything... WHL Tigers, I mean, they can't really be mad anymore because it is what it is. Columbus is going to take them anyways. But if they were to drop them to the AHL, then that makes for another interesting story on what the WHL does because they feel like they got robbed. But maybe I mean, a bit. He's going to stay with Columbus. We all kind of expected it. Good on him yeah. as an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. I know as Tiger fans were bummed. Very. But uh, congratulations, Cole Sillinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's again the developmental league. We hear it all the time, and it's a bummer when dub teams lose their developmental players but it's also really cool that those players can come through the league then have a a chance and an opportunity to succeed and be ready to play in the NHL at just 18 years old like Cole Sillinger is Uh, a lot of that is opportunity and timing but all those things have aligned and and Cole's earned his way uh, into the NHL for sure so good for him well a little birdie told me that he might be sitting down and talking to uh, Scott Roblin. Oh, okay. So hopefully, maybe in a future episode, okay, we can uh, get that interview for you. But congratulations to him. Uh, let's end it with our, our predictions mm. this week. Mm-hmm. We have the Swift Current Broncos. We are going uh, to Swift to play them right. yet again. Played them, I think, four or five times that we even played. We this haven't even played the, Lethbridge yet. This will be the fourth time this season. Man, who made this schedule? <laughs> we got the Broncos Friday, and yeah. then the Moose Jaw Warriors coming into co-op place, taking on the Medicine Hat Tigers. I've I've went first the last two weeks. Let me oh. hear your predictions, buddy. Okay, you want me to go? Yeah. Well, I think they're going to pick up the win in uh, Swift Current. I, I I see this team starting to really trend in the right direction a lot more so than we have saw earlier in the season. We had seen, rather, earlier this season where they lost both to begin the regular season. So I see them winning there. The The thing with Moose Jaw is they're interesting. They have former Lethbridge Hurricanes goaltender Carl Tedichuk in net. Uh, they also have Braden Yeager, who a lot of people are excited about. He's a 2005-born rookie. Uh, it was drafted in 2020, first round, third overall. Braden Yeager, rookie season. Again, he's similar age as Reed Andreessen. Yep. 12 points in 11 games. Yeah, he's on uh, fire. So, so Braden Yeager's legit. They also have Ryder Korzak and a bunch of great offensive weapons. I think the Tigers 
They played them tight in Moose Jaw. Yep. Find a win. I think they go 2-0 and this weekend. I, I'm with you. I, I think they go into to Swift, and unfortunately, sorry, Bronco fans, I don't even think it's a close game. I think we're going in there 4 nothing, and we're going to yeah. shut them out in Swift, and mm. then the Tigers are going to come with that adrenaline of what they did Friday, and I think it's going to be an overtime win. I hope so. Warriors. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be kind of cool. Losing overtime there, winning overtime, winning overtime here. Overtime that would be neat. By the way, for those who went to the World Under-17 Hockey Challenge when it was here in Medicine Hat at the then Canalta Center, now Co-op Place, um, Martin Reshavi was a player who was on the Czech Republic team who got taken in the import draft by Moose Jaw and will be back in Co-op Place Saturday night. And we're going to get to see, hopefully, Gleb. Gleb, Gleb! Is, Gleb, I saw is making our, uh, hopefully he's going to make his debut this weekend. Yeah, that was another late addition, as you would have heard when our conversation with Scott. Gleb Ivanov sounds like he is in town. I would imagine he's in by Saturday. I would guess that I he's hope. in the lineup. Great name. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Gleb guy. <laughs> I really am. Like so much so when I do a Russian impersonation, I use the name Gleb. Yeah. Like I, I'm all in on, on Gleb Ivanov, but uh, he showed really well at the World Under-17s as well when they were here. So uh, kind of an interesting connection for people who were at that tournament now seeing some of those guys come through the league. Yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to wrap things up for Tigers Uncaged. We appreciate the hell out of you if you downloaded, if you listened to this podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for doing that. Also, shout out to South Country Co-op Woo! for power in this. Let's go, Tigers! This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.